0: The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the sixth chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a level place, with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those Who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the dominion of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace, dear friends, be upon you in the name of God, our Creator, and Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Oh, these Beatitudes! At least that is perhaps what our Gospel from Luke brings to mind, but in fact, like I discussed with Peter before the service, we are probably thinking of the passage from Matthew, chapter 5. Therein are nine Beatitudes, but here only four in Luke's version. I perhaps like these ones a bit more because of the way that they are set up for what precludes the listing of the Beatitudes. Jesus came and met with the twelve on a level place. There's a lot of meaning behind that very simple statement, a lot of power in the fact that Jesus was bringing an important message on level ground, not from a place of power and prestige or authority, but from a place of common ground. Along with those four blessings in Luke's gospel come four woes as well. Some translation refer to these as curses, which they certainly are. Ronald Allen, Professor Emeritus from Christian Theological Seminary, shares that living under the verdict of the woe meant condemnation, suffering under a curse in the present, and receiving final consignment to the eternal punishment after the apocalypse. The woeful may not experience apparent discomfort in this life, but they would eventually. In contrast, the blessed here refer to being aware in the present of having a place in the movement towards the kingdom of God, even though it isn't completely here in this life and never can be fully here because of sin. To be blessed does not mean, however, that there is an absence of struggle. In this passage from Luke's Gospel, like in Matthew's Beatitudes, Jesus is making clear that the situation of the poor, the hungry, the weeping, will be reversed in the kingdom of God. The lowly lifted up, the powerful brought down, the hungry are filled, the rich are sent away empty. Everything comes to a level ground. The way things are usually turned upside down in Luke and in Matthew 5 are a bit radical. So let me posit it to you all in this way. What might be dangerous about thinking about the world's needs in order to be turned upside down like Jesus sought to do? I wish this was just an alliteration to The popular show Stranger Things, you might have seen it in the last few years. Uh, You can watch it on Netflix even. Where the upside down is a scary place made up of our greatest fears. There's a lot to be said about the meaning behind this television show for how we feel about things being turned upside down in our lives. Because that is often our greatest fear. But the upside down that Jesus calls his followers to allows for no one to be ostracized for any reason. Likely there will be many who don't want to lift up the lowly, to bring the powerful down from their thrones, to feed the hungry, and so on. This is our current reality in this world, and it has been for thousands of years, where people still go hungry in this world. As followers of Christ, these are the type of people we are called to serve. It is what we are called to do. It is who we are called to welcome in this place. I want to offer a challenge to our congregation and to our council in a specific way in the coming months and year. I know it doesn't make it sound like it will be easy and maybe it won't be. That all depends On how we look at the challenge. I say that likely, I I say it like that because it will be risky and ultimately I'm challenging us to do it as a way of answering the call of all Christians that I just spoke to, to welcome all people regardless of where society puts them. I say all of this in gratitude for the difficult conversations that we will have in this regard, but also for the action that I hope we will take. I want us to consider embracing and endorsing a document like the one I will share with you today called, Who is Welcome Here? The intent of this document is not to insinuate that we at the Bratislava International Church are by nature an unwelcoming congregation. The intent is for us to say in a clear and public way that anyone and everyone is welcome here. The document would express that there are a lot of things that people struggle with in this world, whether personally, for themselves, or about other people, but that by no means makes them unwelcome in our faith community or a relationship of love and forgiveness with God. Although there may be some disagreement about the intent behind such a document, my hope is that it invites us into an important conversation, and more importantly, action, about who we want to welcome here. So I'll share this document with you now. We want it to be of public record that that those of all racial and ethnic groups are welcome here. We want it to be a public record that people of all sexual orientations, gender identities, and members of their families are welcome here. We want it to be known that those who suffer from addiction to drugs and alcohol, whether recovering or not, and their families are welcome here. We want it to be known that women and men, girls and boys are welcome here and that they will not be asked to leave for the noise that their children may make. We want it to be a public record that, it is, that in this congregation you can bring your child to worship, and even if they cry during the entire service, you are welcome here. We want it to be known that those who might be considered promiscuous or have had an abortion or have fathered children and taken no responsibility, they are welcome here. We want it to be known that gossips, cheats, liars, thieves, and their families are welcome here. We want it to be known that those who are disobedient to their parents and those who have family issues are welcome here. Let it be a public knowledge that we at the Bratislava International Church take seriously that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The young, the old, the rich, the poor, all of the broken are welcome here. We want it to be a public knowledge that we are justified by the grace of God and give and have been given the gift of redemption through Christ Jesus our Lord. We offer here, welcome here because we believe that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That is us. Christ did not die for us after we showed signs of getting it all together. Christ loved and still shows love to us while we are yet sinners. Sinners are welcome here, sinners like you and me, and like our neighbors. So let us not condemn the world, but let us proclaim to a broken and hurting world God's forgiveness and grace. We want it to be a public record that since we are sinful people, we will not always be quick to welcome everyone as we should. May may God give us grace to welcome and forgive one another as Christ has welcomed and forgiven us. Here ends this statement. If we as a congregation can agree to endorse this or something similar to this statement, I believe we are more truly living into the kingdom of God as it was intended. I hope we can share it with everyone in this community. I want all those who will listen who haven't felt felt welcome in church to hear that they are welcome here. No matter what makes them feel unworthy of being in church and being a part of a community of faith. Upon further reflection, our readings from scripture this week really resonate well with the blessings that we find therein. And the goal of the ministry of Jesus to turn everything upside down. To no longer make those who feel outcast actually be outcasts. To no longer make those who feel unworthy feel complete worth in the eyes of God. Such a document, nor what our gospel does this week, say that there will all these things will be easy, but that we will struggle with them. They are there to preach, just as Jesus did, that all are welcome here, regardless of what they or the world think makes them unworthy of belonging here, or belonging to God. I want to share a few words from a wise friend and colleague that I've talked about at length with this. He once said, You know, in Galilee, Jesus stirred up trouble because of his words and actions, because he let it known that all sizes, shapes, and ages of people who misbehaved could talk to Jesus, could talk to God, and could pray with him, and could sing hymns with him. All people, men, women, boys, girls, he let it be known that even the worst kind of sinner was welcome to be in relationship. The worst kind. Some who heard this, welcome, heard this welcome as a word of grace grew even closer to him. And this was a radical message. It was then and it is now. Not everyone accepted it then, not everyone will accept it now. Even those close to Jesus didn't get it, not at first on at least one occasion, his disciples, his hand-picked disciples, tried to keep children away from their gathering, but Jesus wouldn't hear. Him. His love, his welcome of people in whatever their personal or family circumstance made all the difference to those in whom he lived, with whom he lived. Over and over again, Jesus welcomed people with faith like a mustard seed, and the people with faith that amazed even Jesus. People who lived with hang-ups and people who lived with put-downs much like we have known in our own lives. In word and deed, Jesus answered this question, who is welcome in the family of faith? And in such a document that I've posited today, we try to answer that question as well in a clear and concise way. In a way that Jesus would have answered, all are welcome in this place. One of my favorite hymns in our songbook is entitled, All Are Welcome. We know it well and we have sung it plenty of times in this sanctuary with the windows open to the streets for passerbys to hear. A few years ago, my wife Anna sent me a video of my son Odin singing this hymn and it made me tear up the same way that we still catch him singing church hymns and praise songs that he likes, and now Espen singing right along with him. And one day we know Magnus will as well. It brought me to tears because it showed me that we are instilling an understanding in him that will guide his life, that will guide all of our children's lives. I know it can seem like a lot of times kids like Odin or Espen or Magnus aren't paying attention and can be distracted in worship, but they are getting something out of worship. Even if you find yourself struggling to get something out of it. But there are ways to work on that together so that everyone feels welcome and heard in worship. If you want to be a part of that conversation, that work, just let me know. So I invite us to join together in learning how we can be more faithful to welcome everyone here so that those who feel left out by all the things that such a document and more make them feel unwelcome. If you struggle with parts of what I've put forward, let's talk about it. Even if you don't struggle with anything about what I read, let's get together and talk about this and pray about this. Because just as we all are welcomed here, we are all welcome to the conversation of faith that guides our lives to the glory of our God. Amen.